And let's let's be honest. What when any of us were younger, a lot of stuff we didn't care about or we didn't understand. That's just the nature of growing up. For sure, it has nothing to do with being a younger millennial versus an older millennial. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Well, you've made your way back. Welcome to the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast with your host, Tony Dufresne. That's me and the wonderful Lexi Rodriguez. How are you doing, Lex? Good. This is the spot, the millennial spot for millennial talk and for all of you foolish dreamers out there. Yes, I did throw a plug in for La La Land because I'm a total theater nerd. Mm-hmm. That The movie is insane. The closest I get to enjoying musicals is watching music videos. And those aren't really on as often, which kind of brings us to our topic. It does. Yeah, as a matter of fact, what a great intro that is. Actually, th- this show is uh, is about the differences between older and younger millennials. And it actually came from the winner of the show idea contest that I held at the end of last year. And there were three suggestions for this show, this older, younger millennial show. Uh, and I picked Christian's name out of a hat, actually, I didn't really use a hat. I used a, a beat-up Ikea, white Ikea bowl, but it, mm-hmm. it sounds better when I say hat. So at the time, I want to tell you what Christian wrote in. So she wrote in, I think you should do a show on some of the differences between junior millennials born in mid to the late 90s and senior millennials born early to mid 80s. I was born in 82 and sometimes don't relate to younger generational millennials whatsoever. I didn't get a phone, a cell phone until I was 23 and Damn. some millennials had them in elementary school. Uh, same with the internet and social media. So for Christian and for everybody else, and I know this is a big subject with you, we're going to talk about this. And like I mentioned to you before the show, every generation goes through kind of the same stuff. But there's a big difference with you millennials that I've never seen before. And I'm a history yeah. dork. And, and also, I've been through a couple you guys are there is a there is a distinct separation that happened between like at the early 90s and it's the technological and information age it's the internet and it's social media this type of revolution hasn't happened since the industrial revolution back in the you know early 20th century or late 19th century so it drastically and it, it and am I off on this? It's it drastically changed life as we know it at that point in time. For sure, and I think it created this natural and automatic gap be in the middle between older and younger millennials, and so it, it kind of created two separate generations. But we're all millennials, and I think up until maybe the last few years. Some older millennials didn't even know that they were millennials. They were, oh, yeah, the, and they were the ones talking about how millennials are lazy and this and that and this and that. <laughs> and then it's like, really, fucking open your eyes. You're a millennial, whether you like it or not. Labels are labels, but if you think about without the technological revolution, it would be completely different, and we would just be like a very similar group of people that honestly pro- come together to strengthen our economy and strengthen society as opposed to now because of the technological revolution more so separating and clinging the older ones are clinging on to generation x and the younger ones are standing outside planned parenthood protesting 
Yeah, and we're going to get into that. That's a really good point, and, and that's happening. First and foremost, before we get into the numbers, uh, there's a there's a really fun test on Pew, at Pew Research, which if anybody, you know, everybody talks about fake news, and there's all that crap going on in social media, and who knows if, where these articles stem from and if the research is good. If you want solid facts from a reputable company that's been around for decades and decades that everybody goes to for statistics, you go to Pew Research, P-E-W, Research. They have all of the straight dope, man. There, there's like, there's there's no fake news there. So if you want to fact check something, go to Pew Research, and they probably have. They have a lot of stuff for millennials, too. So let's go there. I want you to take this. I've already taken this test, but I want you to take the test on the podcast, let's see where you score. Because oh. so the test is called "How Millennial Are You?" Okay. Okay. There's it's a pretty quick test. So, in the past twenty four hours, did you watch more than an hour of television programming or not? No. In the past twenty four hours, did you read a daily newspaper or not? No. In the past twenty four hours, did you play video games or not? No. Thinking about your telephone use, do you have only a landline, only a cell phone, or both? Um, only a cell phone. In the past day, about how many text messages did you send or receive on your cell phone? None, uh, up to 10, up to 50, 50 or more. Between 10 and 50. So how important is being successful in a high-paying career? It's not that important. Do you think more people of different races marrying each other is good for society, bad for society, or doesn't make a difference? It's beautiful for society. I don't think that's a choice, but I'll put it good <laughs> for society. In the past year, have you contacted a government official or not? Like in person, email, whatever. Have you contacted a government official? No. Have you ever created your own profile on any social network? Yeah, of course you have. How important is living a very religious life to you personally? One of the most important, very somewhat not. Somewhat. You still got that Catholic thing happening. I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll get. I'll work that out of you. Soon <laughs> yeah, enough. right. Uh, were your parents married during most of the time you were growing up? Oh yeah, they're still married. Yeah, yours were. Do you have a tattoo? Yeah, you have a tattoo. Mm -hmm. Do you have a piercing in a place other than your earlobe? Yes. Would you like to expand on that? No. <laughs> in general. Would you describe your political views as conservative, moderate, or liberal? Um, gosh. See, here I go with like, I don't want to be categorized into any of those answers. Yeah, you, I'm going to go with but, liberal. I'm going to just go with liberal. Yeah, okay. Just, just, just go with what, you know, what generally people would say, right? Yeah, liberal. Finally, sure. finally, last question. Please tell us your age so that we can see how people in different, okay, whatever. I know what your age is. <laughs> so you are in the 18 to 29. So here are your yeah. results. Out of this <laughs> out of a out of a scale of 100, 100 being a card carrying pure to the bone millennial, you yeah. scored a 95. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. You scored a 95. I scored I scored a 53. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Which does, because 33 is the average for uh, Gen Xer, and okay. 73, 73 is the average for Millennial, and I scored about halfway in between there. That's that's why I do this show, and that's why I work with Millennials, because right. I, I kind of get you guys, but I'm not one. I'm like right in between. I mean, I was born in 88, and I, honestly, the numbers don't mean much to me personally, but I when I read all these articles and when I kind of experience 
um, these natural human interactions with older and younger millennials every single day. Literally, I have a relationship throughout my day with older, younger, Gen X, baby booners. Like some of my favorite conversations throughout my day are with 90-year-old men straight Mm -hmm. up. But then also I have good relationships with 23 year old um chicks at work you know and it's it's cool to see so honestly i'm a bit of a confused millennial because (laughs) i kind of want to hop on to the gen x side with with a lot of their views but then it's like when i have these um conservative conversations that i can really understand because i can have empathy for their thoughts mm-hmm. i'm kind of like damn i get it too like to yeah, this 90 exactly. year old man sitting at the bar right which is which is a great uh, characteristic to have and it's it and all that shows is that you have the ability to communicate across the lines the test and what the test shows is it doesn't show that you're a stereotypical in regards to you know you follow all of those characteristics of a millennial but it shows that you have the mannerisms or the behaviors or the social influences that millennials do oh, over sure. and above Gen Xers, and that's why you ranked it a 95. I, I mean, to, we're going to get into it in a little bit here because I'm going to go through an Elite Daily article that was written by a girl named Emily, and she's 33, and she actually scored a 99, and it, and it disgusted her. Mm-hmm. When when she scored a 99. I was just going to say be, that. It's she, interesting. Right, because she did not want to be categorized right. as a millennial. But that's the whole point of doing this show is because that's what we want to show is the fact that y- I think people, you guys are putting too much emphasis on the fact that this is a label that categorizes totally. you in a certain way and it does sure. not. And you know it what is not. funny about that is that whole I don't want to be labeled trait is a millennial trait because mm-hmm. straight up yeah, exactly all millennials are like we don't like labels i'm pansexual i want to date girls and boys and i'm in love with my computer you know and that's real love and whatever whatever the this is all um millennial attributes that we're deflecting and right, exactly. i me too and i feel her i read that article and i feel the same way but you know what it goes back to our adulting podcast is like I would never put myself in the category of actually using some of that terminology seriously. But I'm proud to be a millennial entrepreneur and I'm proud to be open-minded and I'm proud to be a part of the generation that is really trying to make a change in this world and we should all be. Is And you should be, you guys, and and all the clients that I work with and my entire message from being a Gen Xer and being a millennial mentor is be proud of the fact that you are a millennial. And so many, so many of you guys think it's a think it's a negative connotation. It's it, it's only a negative connotation to the people that want it to be a negative connotation. If For you sure. want to work, if you want to look at the other side of the coin, and you want to describe yourself as a proud millennial or somebody that's going to change the fucking world, then that's a good thing. And you guys need to do that because all the crap that just happened in terms of the election and stuff, there's already been an outcry about that. There's already been massive movements and you guys are getting off your asses and you're starting to show your level of power in terms of influence to change things. It's a matter of getting you guys out there and getting you to the polls and making things work. But but there have already been a number of studies from from political study groups that indicate this last election is going to be the last election that Gen Xers and baby boomers will have more influence than you guys. Everything from now going forward, it's all about you. And so if you guys can get yourself moving and 
and into a collective force of change, you have the power to do way more than my generation ever did. Yeah. And as we like to say, and as I like to preach to my clients is like timing is everything. The way the cookie crumbles, you can't do anything about it. So we really need to appreciate that we grew up and and went to college in a time where technology really took over and and was at our finger fingers for for benefits you know absolutely like we could use it as our benefit we could get any knowledge we want on any topic and gen x and baby boomers couldn't we create our own businesses just from reading and doing when gen xers and baby boomers couldn't so if we can take advantage of the technological revolution as opposed to letting it separate older from younger and kind of come together and create these businesses. And honestly, and I don't want to say it negatively, but honestly, let's create these businesses together and let's start, let's take over our communities and let's really open up the eyes of the Gen Xers that all out were out there trying to be safe and vote for Donald Trump. And let's open their eyes and say, well, you know, what? we got you. You go do your thing. Get on him. Get um, your fucking social security check and chill out and don't touch. Don't go vote. Don't touch any laws. Don't touch anything because we got you. We want we I want them to trust us because I understand that they don't. And I could care fucking less if they if they don't or not but when it's a generation my, thing that's happened forever Every, the younger generations never trusted more totally that's how it always is and i think we have to come together because they should trust us because we're fucking 10 times smarter than than they will ever be just because of the tools that we have not because of anything that. neurologically not because yeah. of anything culturally or the way we were raised because we have these tools and we just happen to fall into the time that we have all of this knowledge at our fingers and you guys and you guys are able to use it and decipher it and disseminate it and synthesize it a lot better than we were because we came in where I mean it it was developed at the time where we already had every a lot of stuff in place and it's hard for people to learn new things collectively. Yeah, well, let's talk about you know, some so of the differences. Yeah, so let's get into the numbers because, see, all this stuff, we're going to wait till the end, but we couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> mm. And we threw it in I right know, now. I so I want to get to the numbers and talk about a number of articles and some research studies that were done in regards to younger versus older. So from Forbes, there was a fascinating demographic difference between older and younger millennials. And there was a guy named John Zogby. Uh, and for the record, all these articles that I'm going to be talking about, they will be in the show notes, so, uh, the links. So you can click on the links and look at the articles. I'm not making any of this shit up. So from John Zogby, he has a, a, a company called Zogby Analytics, and he conducted a poll of 18 to 34-year-olds uh, in 2014. There's about 1,000 respondents. 750 of those respondents fell into the older group, while 250 were in the younger group. And here are some of the statistics that he found. of the older group were white, Caucasian, but only 40% of the younger ones identified as white. 36% of the younger group considered their current job as to be like just a gig in contract with 27% of the older group. So overall, what he found was younger millennials are less white, have greater anxiety about the economy, consider their current work to be ephemeral or which, you know, lasting for a short time and are more secular or non-religious than older millennials. And they are either more likely to be gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or at least more likely to declare themselves as mm-hmm. so. So that's that's what he found. 
Then there's a difference. Uh, Newsweek had a study, or actually not a study, but they had a conversation with uh, Helen Min, who is the head of business marketing at Dropbox. And it was all about the differences between older and younger millennials in the workforce. And she, she being at Dropbox, she sees both sides uh, quite yeah. clearly. So she has managed older and younger, high-achieving millennials in tech and found there are different. There are some distinct differences beyond the fact that one group is simply older than the other. And there's two things that she found. Older millennials were in the workforce during the 2008 recession and likely experienced a career pivot or a lifestyle adjustment during that time, which taught them how to restructure their career paths and gain perspective on being employed where younger millennials hold a much more egalitarian or a real-time view where intelligence and abilities and performance at any given point hold more weight than any relevant past experience. I actually agree with that. I've seen that. Now, setbacks and repetitive work can sometimes feel like an assault on younger millennials' upward trajectory. One lesson that she learned early on is to never force perspective on young millennials. That is a really good insight for older people. And I've actually, uh, with a couple small companies, I've gone in and I've done consulting work with them trying to figure out how to, how to relate to younger, the younger workforce. Right. This is the one thing that I have emphasized more than anything. You can't force your old school timey perspective on younger millennials because they're going to come in thinking that their perspective needs to be respected and integrated somehow into well, the Well, you work. know what? I love that you bring that up because that is, it's a huge point. And I've dealt with it a lot in my radio career is I always got hired because I was younger and I was quote unquote hip and I had this millennial perspective. And I really um, enjoyed that they appreciated that and that they were um, open to picking my brain and they were open to my business ideas. But also I will say that they never integrated any of those business ideas into this uh, media group or this company that has been uh, successful for 50 years because it has been successful for 50 years. But you know what? And if they're listening and I, and you've done business consulting and I would hope to do that eventually in the future when it comes to certain things, but they need to listen. Older generations need to listen to the millennial perspective because right now a commercial on TV is not going to get, get you any money. It is not a lucrative investment. And I get that you guys do not want to understand that, but it isn't. So this is the thing. It's hard for for media to change to new media because they're like, well, how do we buy internet videos or YouTube YouTube ads? And I brought this up before is that chick, that um, conservative commentator, Tommy Loren, started off on YouTube and now is bringing so much income to these businesses that now she's signed with these networks and stuff. And that's where I kind of got out of the industry because I was like, I can't do this. I am growing in this industry. I'm growing in the business of media and networking and um, production. And my higher ups were not growing with me. And so I felt there was no no room to learn anymore because I was mm -hmm. teaching them at that point and they weren't listening. And that's mm -hmm. when I became an entrepreneur. Yeah. If you were teaching them and they were listening, it would have been a different story. Interestingly enough, 
if you look at a lot of social media or marketing departments now in major corporations, you're seeing a shift. And the shift is towards younger millennials in understanding the differences in the major shift uh, regarding marketing and target marketing and social media marketing, which is the thing. And if any of you guys are into the Facebook thing or online marketing or have your own online business uh, as I do, and I'm learning, I'm in the midst of learning all this kind of stuff. It's it's insane. The the level of targeting, the ability to target a specific market, how much information that you have on your market is unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable how much data is out there that that uh, Facebook gets from right. people and and it allows marketers, uh, it allows small companies the ability to target market in such a fashion that we don't waste our marketing money and we get our message to the, the specific thousand or two thousand or ten thousand people that really, really want to read a surrounded by idiots book Blog, on yeah. self improvement or whatever the case may be, for, you know, for my for my situation. But it, I love it. I love it, and I think it's it's great for everybody. But there has been a resistance, like you've said, over the years from uh, traditional uh, marketing or traditional companies in regards to how they get the their word out. But that those days are over. Yeah. That's a that's a you know putting commercials on TV is is dinosaur time, and that's not that's not part of the gig anymore. So I want to get into the second thing that uh, that Helen said from Dropbox in regards to the differences. She also sees a split when it comes to life expectations. And she said that older millennials have learned to lower expectations about many things in life in order to avoid disappointment, while youngers uh, still have the shine on the apple. I, I put that in there, but that's kind of what she's saying. Youngers have a higher expectation of life and work, and they have a high expectation for their managers and the companies that they work for. Her tip is reward and recognize younger millennials by giving them opportunities to learn something new. Oh, for sure. Younger millennials are more averse to doing a job that they feel they've already done or that they've mastered, even if they've only done it once or twice. If giving these team members the opportunity to earn new, exciting problems to solve and acquire new skills on behalf of the team helps the overall team grow and evolve and creates a more fulfilling, rewarding experience for high-performing young millennials. Couldn't and agree more. longevity with your employment and the way that you hire because, trust me, these millennials are not going to do a job that they are not getting any mental stimulation from for long. And yeah. and honestly, millennials, and I think we've talked about this before, but it's very fascinating, is we don't have the um, loyalty to businesses anymore if they're not benefiting us. And I think that that is also a really rad fucking thing. And I understand it may not be good for the employer at the moment, but we may be verbally committing to a year or a year and a half or two years. But the moment that job stops benefiting us um, and our it, it kind of starts stunting our growth, we're gone. So these employers yeah. need to know that, that our loyalty is to us they and do our now. development. Yeah, they do. I think that is one of the best things that has happened out of the generation in terms of the, yeah, me too. the growth of the generation into the situation to where they look at a win-win in regards to fulfilling themselves, fulfilling their own life, as well as being a part of the company. It all comes down to relationships. And if you can, if you can solidify that, that's the key. As 
especially when it comes to relationships with the people that work for your company. They all have to feel, and I love the fact that that younger millennials are pushing this. They're pushing it to the point where it's a requirement now for them. They have to feel as though they're part of the team. And they're an integral part in regards to people are open to their feedback. Yeah, and that contribution is huge when it comes to their confidence and what they can do. And then when we go back to relationships and our whole like psychology and my whole psychology of what I do with my clients is confidence leads to more success and feeling appreciated with the contribution that you're bringing to this business or this startup or whatever it is you know, it feels good. And when it feels good, you have the confidence to throw more ideas out there when in turn you get more appreciation for, or you learn something from. So it's, it is a win-win. It's like, if I'm going to throw this idea out there, whether you like it or not, I want your fucking true honest feedback so that I can learn from this. It also, I think it also expedites the fact that if you're not a good fit for this particular company, you're not going to be there for very long. And it's, and you're not going, and you're not going to sacrifice your own particular level of satisfaction or any more extra minutes of your own life to stay with the company because of the paycheck. I think you're going to you're going to find really quickly if you put those expectations on a job to have more of a win-win situation to it. It if it doesn't have that, it's like you did with the radio. If yeah. if you threw your your stuff out there and they listen to you and it's not about you going in and dictating terms. It has zero to do with that, which a lot of older Gen Xers and baby boomers think that, that that's what it is. And one, The feedback that I get when I went in to do business consulting was, oh, they think they know more than we do. And if we don't, and it's a, their way or the highway, that's not true at all. And that comes from a lack of people understanding what active listening is all about. Active For listening sure. active listening is about listening and respecting anybody else's opinion even though it's maybe not be for the betterment of everything or it may be completely converse to what you believe. That's not the point. The point is, is if you're going to bring somebody in to make you money and to make the company money, then I believe it's an obligation for you to bring them in and to accept the fact that they may have different opinions about something. Right. But a lot of a lot of them don't and that's old school stuff, but that's what the new millennials are doing is they're they're pushing that and if it's not the case then they know that's not a good fit for them and they're the first first generations that I've known that don't put up don't really put up with that shit so much and even given the fact that the economic recession is what it is and we're still kind of battling out of that and it's not like jobs but are all over the place but it gets people hope that it'll be right. okay we'll figure it out but you know what else is i think that millennials always have a fallback plan and we have acquired a lot of skills throughout having yeah. to work through yeah. college and even in high school some of us had to get jobs um and I don't know if that's a millennial thing or if that's just a mind. No, it is. No, it thing. is. No, the millennial okay. thing. Is, it, the side hustle thing is a millennial thing. Actually, totally. In, side in terms hustle. of you guys, in terms of you guys creating that, I call it the casual entrepreneur. I I, I get sure. all of my clients to look at that, and what that does is it gives them the ability to live more of a rounded life, where they maybe if they find themselves in a job that's not totally fulfilling, it's not about completely changing up the job. It's about using the in between time. Those you know, you sleep for eight hours, you work for eight hours, you got eight more hours to do whatever the hell yeah. you want to do, and eight using your acquired skills to be able to be like, listen, this isn't working for me, but I'm not tripping. Generation X 
if if a job wasn't working for them, they will be unhappy to the max because they need that income. For us, we will figure mm-hmm. it out. There are so many things we could do and so many places we could go. I mean, fucking 80% of us aren't even working a job that we got our degree in. So it's like, we'll be fine. And we see it. We see it on paper. We see it in front of our face every day that we'll be fine when it comes to income. And I love that. we might not be lo- living yeah. a luxurious life, but we'll but be fine. But it's not about that fine. though, right, Lex? It's not totally. about that. And it's and if if you look at any statistics out there, most of the time uh, when millennials are asked that question, it's not about making the most money anymore. It's about creating that balanced, fulfilled life where you have the ability to create experiential instances in your life and you're able to customize your life more without having to buy in buy into that society's expectation of whoever has the most money wins or whoever whoever has has the nicest car is the coolest person or is the happiest person. All that stuff is such complete bullshit. And that's why I I love the fact that this generation is finally creating a level of momentum to kind of work our way out of that because it's such a limiting, small little limiting box of reality that makes so many people suicidal and depressed and pissed off and angry all the time because they because the way the world is set up it's not set up for everybody to do that one thing but we all look up we all look up to the stupid fucking kardashians and we all look up to the to the trumps and we all look look up to the people with these 500 foot yachts and stuff why Right. What I, I'll tell you what this I I've been up and down in regards to I've had a, a number of career highs and lows and stuff and I've been in a position where I was a very successful small business I mean really successful small business owner with a bunch of stupid toys and a couple houses and all that kind of stuff and I got up to that point and because I was brought up always to think that that was the end of the road and that was right. where full satisfaction was where I had enough money to do what I wanted because my parents always drilled it in my head that that's where happiness lied. Yeah. So I got up to that point and I was not. I was it was empty because I got to the point and I realized this is not the thing that that is going to fill the void. Yeah. It, well, it's some, not totally. Some people's perception of success is all wrong and it's not their fault that it's wrong they may have been programmed just like you to feel that way and there are a lot of people that say um i hear i mean a tommy loren did a final thoughts she has that youtube show final thoughts you're a big fan right no but she (laughs) it fucking that chick sparks people always say why are you watching fox news why are you watching these conservative videos why do you pay attention so much to um the negative drama that's going on in the news but and i don't pay attention too much but you know what if you watch that shit it really inspires thought and it inspires you to create your own comeback theory to what is going on. Great and point, though, because you're chick, open. You're open up to it. You're open to it, shit. which is the key. I know. And she, you know what? I'm open else. to her opinion because she is. She's mm-hmm. fucking smart. She knows mm-hmm. how to communicate. She knows she how does. to talk. She knows how to manipulate. That chick will go far, and I know yeah. she will. But she, I was watching a final thoughts, and she was talking about the millennial bill of rights, and it was this um, hashtag that was trending on Twitter, and it was like, for example. Um, People were hashtagging what they would like in the Millennial Bill of Rights. And one of them was the right to go home with full pay when their phone battery runs down to 10%. You know, and it's like stupid shit like that. But she was saying that one of her big points was like, I learned to wake up, work hard, 
and get the job done because my parents did it. And she was very adamant about, so why can't everyone do that? And it's like, because listen, girlfriend, not everyone was raised like that. And that's why we have our coaching programs for all of you that aren't and that weren't programmed to think a certain way. Paying attention to the way that something makes you feel is huge. And my style of coaching is crucial awareness coaching. And it is really um, there to help you gain the experience and to gain the insight you need in whatever you're doing. If you're a fucking fitness trainer, but your goal is to be in finance, but right now fitness training is paying your bills, we need to become more aware of how to learn and take tools from what we're doing in the present moment that are going to benefit us in the future. And I yep. think that sometimes we get distracted and discouraged because we're doing these jobs that we think that um, we are overqualified for. And then that that's when we start hashtag adulting. That's when we start talking crazy because we get lazy. We get discouraged. We um, start to really fall back on the negative millennial perception that people have placed on us. We need to understand that there is a positive millennial perception and, and that has a lot of success tagged along with it. Absolutely. It comes from perspective and it comes from uh, that level of hopelessness that you're talking about because people people get yeah, caught up in that whole tunnel vision word. of being myopic that they think that, well, they're stuck. Nobody's ever stuck. You're, you're really not. And now you may have tied a bunch of knots in your life rope to For where sure. you have to go through a lot of untying to get back to where that rope is ready to be pushed into a different direction. But that's what we all, all of our co coaches and therapists and and self-help groups and everything. That's what we do. We help everybody to look at that and understand that there is, there is a way to shift your perspective to the point yeah. where you can see that where there's a way out. There's a way to create a balance in your life. There's a way to have one foot in the world where you're making money and paying your bills and being responsible and the other foot in the world where you're being creative and you're artistic and you're doing your side hustle and, yeah. you're, and you're getting fulfilled. And I'm not going to talk about the happiness thing because following happiness or, or pursuing happiness is complete bullshit and it'll make you miserable. That'll be a different show. But all that being said, it's about fulfillment. Th that was, uh, I totally agree with everything you just said completely and, and, uh, 100%. I want to get to this before, as we narrow the show down or we get to the end. I know we'll have to touch base, but you know about relationships because a, a real fascinating topic, um, in my life is, dating between older and younger millennials so we'll have to do well, another show on that yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna touch on that right now oh, okay cool actually. i was just, like just real, damn just we've been quick. talking about career this whole time we didn't <laughs> well that's because there was there was there were a couple of really great articles on career and i get a lot of feedback from especially you know the older millennials else? about that because millennials are focused 100 percent on their career and relationships and dating is kind of put on the back burner and i don't think that there's anything wrong with that but go ahead no, that's no. That, I mean, if you're in that mode, I, I, frankly, I've seen it to where it's kind of a cycle. It kind of goes up to where it's career focused, and then it goes down to relationship. Usually, it's when it's way too much on one way, then it goes, it just drops down to yeah, you're the like, other whoa. way. Yeah, and then you then you focus too much on the other thing. So I want to I want to go over this article from Elite Daily from Emily McCombs in, in at Elite, and she's a 33 year old millennial, and she wrote an article. It's a great article. Uh, it's about what it's like to be an old millennial. 
And this is what she said. Uh, there appears to be a consistent and vocal opposition by 30-somethings regarding being called the M-word, is how she refers to it. Mm-hmm. So for technical and scientific and social grouping purposes, the millennial generation includes people born between 1980 and around 1997. This is just me talking. I was kind of giving you a background. Now, however, due to some very distinctive social and technological shifts during that time, there are two distinct camps. We already talked about that, right? So it it seems to shift from my perspective. It seems to shift around the late twenties, mid to late twenties. That's kind of where the the area kind of slides into the older versus the younger. Now Emily is thirty two, and she indicates that she didn't even realize she was a millennial until she started working for Elite Daily, right? Which was the first time she got introduced. To, and that's what you said. You yeah. said a lot of them don't even realize they're millennials. She writes that the label millennial covers a sort of absurd absurd swath of a very diverse population. And this results in a weird gray area for those of them or you guys born in the early 80s where it feels like uh, you're sort of trapped between generations. Now, she indicates that there are big differences between her life experiences and those of a 22-year-old, especially when it comes to technological advances. For sure. Now, she said that she's part of the last generation to remember life before the internet. And you're like right on the cusp, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I remember, I definitely remember, and I know she mentioned this in that article, is like dial-up internet. And I remember if my brother was on the internet or my mom was on the internet paying a bill and I picked up the phone, phone, I was fucking grounded for a week. (laughs) You know, it's like, how the fuck am I (laughs) supposed to know? I'm in the other room. I don't know you're Uh online. Like, fuck. But I I went into high school with internet. And I think I was in middle school with, with internet a little bit. Um, but I, and, and that's the thing is I was at a point in my life where it didn't really matter to me because I wasn't programmed as a child for it to matter. That's because it was programmed for it to matter. Oh God, they are. Yeah. I know two year olds who can navigate a a smartphone like nobody's business, but you, you were at that time that that's that mid to late twenties. You were at that time where it was around, but it wasn't as influential as it is, or it wasn't as being used to the point where it is now. So she said that she even mentioned on her Facebook page uh, uh, about this older versus younger. She was really surprised at how many responses she got and how quickly things got hostile. Yeah. <laughs> she said that older millennials resented being lumped in with a generation they didn't relate to. That's what you'd say a lot, right? And to the younger millennials, they resented being treated like a stereotype. So that, apparently that was a lose-lose question on Facebook for her. So there are five differences that she sees between the older and the younger. And uh, she, and this is what she says. She says, as an elder millennial, she uses technology differently. So, she, so the youngers are almost all digital with movies on Netflix and books on Kindle and music on Spotify and iTunes, where she still talks about having a shelf full of paperbacks and an actual alarm clock instead of her phone and a bunch of DVDs and even CDs. And she prefers to watch TV on her TV. Where do you fall with that? I'm right there too. I mean, I'm looking at an alarm clock right now. I don't use it to wake up, but I definitely have a clock. Mm. I have a ticking clock in my living room as well. And it's just a part of how I feel comfortable growing up and how I feel comfortable living is I want to be able to look at a clock with mm. hands on it as opposed <laughs> to always have to have my phone on me. Yeah, so um, I think you're going to fall. You're going to fall right in the middle of all these. I oh, think, for sure. I am. I'm right go, in the middle. At. So her second thing, she goes also... While most millennials and baby boomers use social media, there seems to be currently a big dividing line between or when it comes to Venmo and Snapchat. 
And as a generalization, she says, younger millennials use them and older millennials don't. Everybody uses Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, including, you know, grandmas and grandpas. What What do you think about that? I agree, agree completely. We all do Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you don't, you're way behind when it comes to um, developing as a technological human being, straight up. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know how to use Snapchat. Like, I don't know all the skills and whistles. Um, and then also Venmo is like, I don't use that. If you owe me money, fucking come give me some cash. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just use PayPal, right? I have to tell you regarding this, I'm, uh, of course, I'm a Gen Xer, but I used, uh, I got totally uh, laughed out of the room one time when I texted over a Bitmoji to one of my younger millennial friends, and she thought it was hilarious. A What's bitmoji. A bitmoji? Uh, well, uh, apparently that's something that the older generation uses. It's like caricatures that you send oh. over. It's just like it's like emojis, but oh, they're got it. but I'm they're like, in yeah, your you know they're is. in your own image and you can make them look like you. So she has also has I want to see where you land on this too. She has a different pop culture nostalgia. Now she writes, if there's one thing I've learned working at millennial website, it's that millennials fucking love Full House and their TV nostalgia is for Disney shows I can barely describe like Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens. They lusted after NSYNC and 98 Degrees instead of New Kids on the Block. And she states that her nostalgia show of choice is more likely to be Saved by the Bell. And she cut her teeth on Sweet Valley High and the Babysitter's Club. And she reminisces more about Clueless than Mean Girls and she was more, way more into Devin Sawa and Jonathan Taylor Thomas and not Aaron Carter in the cast of One Tree Hill. Right. <laughs> Is that all you have to say about Yeah, do you, I don't know. Do you... I don't care about any of that, you know? No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't like, think so. <laughs> I, I mean, if there's a, that's, uh, this is just in my personality too, is like, if there is an older show on, like I'll put friends on in the background, but I don't have the patience to sit down and watch a sitcom. I just don't have it in me. Right. So I like you, watching the Daily Show and the Colbert Report, and right, like so, you, so none of these things spark any like no, when you used, to, they when you used don't. to watch as a kid type of thing. I mean, I know Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens really well, but that's because my daughter totally. Them. But if yeah. anything, it makes me uneasy because I don't want to think about when. And I, this is also a me thing, and I think this is what I like to preach to my clients is I don't like to think about. Um, I don't want to, I don't ever say, I wish I was 16 again. I wish I didn't have a job. I wish I was still in high school. My parents were taking care of me. A lot of people say that you hear that. And it's usually in a satirical, um, conversation, but I hate that. So when I see like even Stevens or something on TV, if anything, I'm like, Ooh, turn this, turn the channel. Cause it <laughs> so makes you, me so think you, of you sitting don't wanna, in front of the TV. You don't want to relive those days of, no, of yesteryear I don't. and all that, I'm so you know, sing a full house theme and, and get older and gain more knowledge. Know. She also says that you guys use different slang. The olders and the youngers use different slang. She said her first day at elite, she pointed to a word and asked one of her younger employees if it was a typo or a youth slang that she wasn't familiar with. And she was kind of joking, but then it turned out actually it was a use slang. Uh, and she wants to make sure all the older millennials out there know that what a slur is. Do you know what a slur is? Yes, it's a slut mixed with a whore. A slut it's and a whore. Like yeah. If a slut and a whore had a <laughs> right. baby, the baby's name it, would it'd be, be a slur. Right now, uh, I mean, for the record, as a Gen Xer, I've never heard of that in my life until I read this. <laughs> really? So, some never. Some other terms that I've never heard used so much in my life. So she says. So Emily says. She's never heard these so much in her life before spending her days at Elite were fuckboys, low-key, lit, and AF. 
And she yeah. once used the, the prefix cyber and a younger coworker laughed for 20 minutes. Now, now, here's where she gets into dating and the differences in dating. She said, plenty of older millennials use dating apps, but the one time that she tried Tinder, she deleted it within a day. Not only was she creeped out by seeing people that she was connected with in real life, it also felt so robotic and soulless to connect with someone based purely on the fact that you like his or her face. For sure. How, however, it's that it's that very aspect that her younger millennial coworker finds to be more authentic since you're receiving the same basic amounts of information you would if you met somebody at a bar. Now, the idea of a full profile on a site like OkCupid or Match or Plenty of Fish or whatever seems like too much to the younger coworker, but to Emily it's necessary to gauge compatibility. What do you think about that? I agree. I mean, I was, I've never been a f- fan of dating apps or anything like that because I don't think you can get the full experience of kind of knowing someone through the computer. I mean, I think, unless you're Skyping every day and like reading man- mannerisms. And- right. I never, I never thought about it from the perspective of that younger uh, millennial regarding it being the same thing as seeing somebody at a bar. She's right. It is the same as seeing somebody in a bar, and I guess you can kind of. But isn't but the whole point of online? But you have a different feeling, the, right, and you have a different of, approach. Isn't the point? Isn't the whole point of online dating to have that background information ahead of time? Yeah, but I mean, why? The What's point? the the fun is to not have these um, judgments towards someone before you go on this date. You know, it's to sit on the date and get to know them and create these genuine Hmm. feelings whether they're good or bad towards this person i don't want to look at an app and say oh he's from here he's got two brothers he was in the military this and then Hmm. i go and i have my pre own preconceived notions about this person and i could be completely wrong so do you so you are you more along the lines of what the younger millennial said in regards to just seeing the face and being interested physically and then trying to pursue something from there yeah, but in person, not on the computer. I feel weird. I would feel weird looking at someone online because it's like they, I feel like at a bar, at least they see you looking at them. When you're doing it on the internet, it's like you're just like yeah, creepily but, reading about somebody or looking at somebody's style. It's the, and- but it's the perfect example of that that extra space that social media gives you in this circumstance for keeping yourself overly vulnerable. Because as a guy, I will tell you, it's not fun uh, gaining or seeming as though there's there's somebody that's interested in you. There's a girl that's interested and you make your move and then you get totally shot down. Yeah, well, life it's isn't not, fun, Tony. Sometimes you got to get it's shut not, down. Yeah, 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 it builds but, character. Grow up. Yeah, listen, listen there, sweetie. I've, I've been I've done this like old school organic that's style what I'm saying, the whole though. time so that's a instead of this whole example. Tinder thing. But that's yeah. a perfect example of babying millennials. It's like, oh, my God, well, here's a dating app so that you don't get shut down to your face. You're just going to get shut down through the computer screen. But I can see from a, from a perspective of keeping uh pain to limited amounts i can see that perspective of that being a, a good thing in pain terms of growing character. i i i'm all, i get it I told, <laughs> believe me i'm i'm the one out there saying that that's the case along with you but i'm saying i can see the reasons why that's appealing because it's, it is the same as being in a bar but if but you're not going to get i mean if you get swiped what is it right is right rejection i don't know Whatever. If you get swiped like rejected, then there's just there's no there's none of that. Hey, you know. So should we have on, job you know? apps where you look at somebody's resume online and you swipe left or right so it so it 
well, you know, doesn't create pain. In, you, sort of, uh, yeah, you already do. It's called the job application process. Yeah, but then you have an interview and you can still get told yes or no. That's like the dating process. Yeah, but that's the same as Tinder because Tinder, there's you're going to be swiping left with more than one person. You're going to be out there fuckboying yourself all the way around. And so you're going to have five or six of them and, you know, some of them won't make the cut. <laughs> To the final interview. You just said swipe left and right and fuck boy in the same sentence. I know. I did that on purpose. I'm, I'm glad you picked that <laughs> up. So here's the last thing. The last thing that she that Emily says is uh, olders remember life before the Internet. And this is where I think you uh, straddled the line on this. She says this is a major divide between younger and olders that all other differences spring from, in her opinion. She remembers the distinctive tone of the dial up modem and when prodigy charged by the hour. She remembers GeoCities sites made up of the flashing GIFs and making friends in chat rooms by starting conversations with A slash S slash L. She said, hell, I remember life before cell phones. I remember when, if you were running late somewhere, you just had to hope your friend was waiting around for you. I remember looking up movies in the newspaper and calling time and temperature to check the weather. Yeah, I remember looking up movies in the newspaper for sure. And I remember also remember movie phone. Remember that guy? Movie phone, where you used to call up and the guy oh, would yeah, uh, totally. give you the, you know, the the movies and date. Hello, this is movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I remember four one one, like not Google, but oh, yeah. remember four one one when you just like, yeah. can you connect the... me to the closest pizza place or whatever? Yeah. That's cool, but that's I, you know, yeah. that's I love that. I think it. I think that yeah, it would be a little bit. Um, uh, it would be harder to do that now, but we could. If techn if the technological revolution had never happened, we would all be fucking okay. We would be okay, but that's but is that really the the thing to focus on, or is the thing to focus on the fact that the technological the technological revolution has happened for a number of reasons? Oh yeah, uh, and they can be and it can be for good or, or for bad. And the biggest benefit that we have from all of this is the fact that we can we can and we have the ability to communicate with anybody. Uh, on a moment's notice and learn and, anything we want to learn, learn anything life. and go on there and expand yourself now like anything anything can be used for it's like a gun a gun can be used for good or can be used for evil and it's for a matter sure. of how how you want to use it now in relating to the younger versus the older you know all of this stuff that we talked about is super general and there are some people like you that will be in both camps and there, and it's just kind of fun to do the, you know, compare and contrast thing. And there is a difference just because of the fact that a lot of you guys did grow up while it was being developed and while it was actually taking hold as a major force in our lives. Yeah. All that being said, you know, everybody's different and everybody's their own person and you may have characteristics on both, but it's not a matter of categorizing yourself as a millennial just to do it or using it as an excuse. Uh, like I said at the beginning and like we talked about, I think you should be proud of your generation. You should be proud of the fact that you guys are the, you guys are the stewards. You're the navigators of all of this, of the rest of society going forward, of your kids and your grandkids and how we set this up. And how right, so effective live we can use all of this. You guys, I don't think you guys understand the responsibility that you've been given 
And I, I think and some I'm people from do a, understand. I think some people, but overall, I think overall, I don't think a lot of you, and especially the youngers. And let's let's be honest. What when any of us were younger, a lot of stuff we didn't care about or we didn't understand. That's just the nature of growing up. For sure, it has nothing to do with being a younger millennial versus an older millennial. It just has to be. It has to do with being a younger adult versus being an older adult. And I can tell right. you from being, I've been both of those, and now I'm past that. Uh, I can definitely see that that's happened throughout time, right. and it's and that's not. I don't think that's the focus. The focus should be on you guys embracing your power. You guys embracing the fact that you know a lot more about this industrial, uh, this uh, uh, communications and information age than any of uh, of us do. So I would just like to see you take that and run with it. Embrace those tools because a lot of times I feel like millennials may be a little overwhelmed by everything thrown at them every day. And especially millennial entrepreneurs because um, they may come up with an idea and they think that it's brilliant. It's going to be the idea. And then all of a sudden next week, this idea is already patented and um, progressing. So I think we have to act. We have to um, create wisely we have to pay attention to everything out there that's going on and we have to most importantly pay attention to what feels good and what what is tugging us in the direction whichever direction that is um follow that because i think millennials biggest issue could be getting caught up in the hype of millennials and being like fuck this is creating a lot of discouragement because yes. i'm not there yet so yes. i think if we pay attention to what is popping in our world will be just fine. And if you do have any questions, hit me or Tony up. You can hit me up at Lexi at crucialawareness.com and you can go to the javabud.com for tons and tons of millennial information. There are lots of stuff. And then, you know, of course we're on speaking of social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook and all that fun stuff. And you can, um, the, the full show notes will be if you go to the uh, Instagram uh, link or if you go to javabud.com in the podcast section, that's where the full show notes are going to be. If you go to SoundCloud or iTunes, I put an abridged show note because they only limit you to like 400 uh, words or something. So if you want to go to the full and get all the links to all the articles that we talked about, go to the show notes on javabud.com. The last thing I want to say is that all you older millennials, well, how about being a big brother, or big sister to the youngers and helping them out? That's, I mean, it, it that's the, I, I'm seeing a lot of older millennials actually becoming mentors. And I think that's an amazing thing. And that's what they should be doing. Yeah. Let's create a world of businesses with old and young. And we'll just um, maybe, maybe allow a little bit of the generation Xers to. Yeah. I appreciate that. Just, just, don't, in there. <laughs> just don't throw us on an iceberg and cast us out to sea. Uh, have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out.